Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch. We're Nashville's on-demand sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse, Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room at mandu.com. Wilson County Hyundai, if you need a new ride, head out to Lebanon, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle for your brand-new brand hardwood floors and finishings there at calvinandsubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Zach, one Titans rookie to uh, have a uh, early impact as a value draft pick. Uh, this is coming from Matt Bowen of ESPN.com. Matt Bowen is on the NFL matchup show, former NFL player, uh, former NFL defensive back uh, with the Bears, uh, who had a nice little career and has a, having a better post-NFL career than his actual NFL career. He came out with a multifaceted article. He had 10 draft picks who went to the perfect team, five value draft picks to make an early impact in five day three steals. We are focusing this morning right here to lead the show on the five value draft picks from the mid rounds to make an early impact. And a lot of you guys have guessed it correctly. That would be Titans third round draft pick DB out of Washington, 100th overall Elijah Molden, four interceptions and three forced fumbles two seasons ago can be a tone setter in the league. Versatile defensive back, who has game speed and instincts to find the football, play him in the slot or safety in the Tennessee scheme that utilizes late movement and disguise that will allow Titans to spin mold and post snap from various alignments as a sub package defender who can play in space and tackle in the run game. Elijah Molden, Zach, he's only like about five, nine undersized player, but that sounds like exactly what the Titans were looking for. A guy who can be around the football disrupt and create and cause turnovers. And if they get this guy in at one pick 100, which is the compensatory pick for losing Jack Conklin. And this guy has an early impact. That is a great value add for John Robinson, in the third round and Matt Bowen of ESPN thinks Molden can have an early impact this year. Yeah. I, I did not know who uh, Bowen was going to pick. I, I you, you did not tell me that before the show. Uh, but the chat got it right in Molden. You know, that's a value pick at value on top of the compensatory uh, pick that you got that you just uh, talked about. But also, I think, you know, you had to replace your your three corners, right? I mean, no longer Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, and Adore Jackson that had that run when they went to the AFC Championship game are gone. So you have to rinse and repeat, right? And repeat in the, the sense of, you are now going to war with more young rookie class talent or young developing talent, I should say, because Christian Fulton has got to be put in the mix as a second round pick. But you got Molden. You obviously have Caleb Farley, who's the first round pick. This is going to be a new look Titan secondary. And I, I do expect big things from Molden right out of the gate. Uh, can he come in there, and what kind of opportunity can he get? Because the Titans did go out and get free agency corners as well oh. this past offseason. Well, they had to because they got rid of nearly every veteran corner last year who played for them, and then the only guy they really kept 
It was Christian Fulton, the second round pick from a year ago. Because they had to. They did. They said these guys are no good. They're not good enough to play football for our football team. Yeah, they brought in uh, George Jenkins. Uh, they brought in Kevin Johnson. And then two draft picks in the first three rounds at that position with Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden. So it's pretty interesting. You know, what, why? I mean, I, I kind of see why Matt Bowen did this. But what do you think about because he only has five guys? Matt Bowen could have gone with any five mid round draft picks, but value draft picks to have an early impact. I'll just list the other four. Aziz Ojolari from Georgia goes to the Giants in round two. Andre Sisco from Syracuse went to the Jags in round three. We talked about that some at the end of last week. Chaz Surratt from Minnesota went to the Vikings in round three. And Trey Sermon, running back out of Ohio State, went round three to the 49ers. And then Elijah Molden. So that's pretty good company that the Titans can be picked out of of you know having one of these value picks because they had to have that. They had to have rookies come in and have an impact in this roster because of the cap situation, because of roster turnover, and hopefully if Matt Bowen's right, they got that in Molden. Where does Molden, though, fit in this first year? I think that would be my biggest question because, look, I don't know about Caleb Farley's back. They say he's going to be fine for week one after the two procedures. We'll find out about that. You also have Christian Fulton, who's now had a full offseason to get healthy. Janoris Jenkins, the reason why... You know, he's getting paid the most out of all of these guys. Right. And Kevin Johnson, who is a veteran. So where does Molden even fit as far as playing time? Goes? Here's, okay, here's how I kind of see it playing out. Because uh, Janoris Jenkins will be, if all things go correctly, and obviously if he stays healthy, he will be one of your starting outside corners who will be on the field no matter what, right? I think you have Christian Fulton, ideally, is your op- starter opposite of Janoris Jenkins. Uh, then you have the ability now with depth to make sure Caleb Farley is right and bring him along slowly where Caleb Farley can have an impact whenever he is healthy, kind of like Jeffrey Simmons. I know the injuries are different, but the protocols the Titans will follow will be similar, is make sure that they're not going to rush Caleb Farley back to play. It took Jeffrey Simmons until week seven against the Chargers in his rookie year to have his first game. And so if it takes until week seven for Caleb Farley to play, I think the Titans are okay with that. Well, what are your expectations? You personally, Austin, what are your expectations for Caleb Farley to being uh, playing at the level of a first-round draft pick for this team this year? My expectations is I think the Titans want Caleb Farley to be playing good football in December and January more than September. So I, I expect them to bring him along slow and to not force him in anything. If they get him to play by week one, then that's that's absolute gravy. Yeah, what do that you think about you, Ed? Ed, I mean, you want your first-round draft picks to start day one, but you, know, you drafted a guy injured. You understand that the guy just had back surgery in March, and it's a 16-week uh, recovery process, which he's in there. But if the guy is playing and starting day one – then that might be one of the best draft picks in the first round because you got him at 22 overall and he's ready to go and healthy. But I don't expect that. I expect Farley to miss the majority of the first month of the NFL season. It'll be very interesting to see how the Titans approach that because you know Farley, the way that he kind of talked about it is that he's going to be ready to go. But he also is not the final say in when – you know, the, the dogs and the hounds are released 
for him to go play like they drafted him to play. Right. So what do you expect? What kind of role is Molden going to play? I think that's a, that's an interesting uh, discussion. A role, right. A role. Yeah. He, he's not, he's not going to be a, in my opinion, unless he shines in training camp is a, a day one starter. That's always on the field. I think Christian Fulton has probably earned that right. I'm curious well, to see what Jim, Kevin Johnson's skills are. And Janoris Jenkins, as we know, he's the highest paid corner. He's going to be on the field more times than not, but it's a passing league. So you need cornerbacks. You need that rotation. I do expect Molden to play a good time or, yeah. or a good bit. And really, I think this is probably what the article is betting on is that once he does get that playing time, that he's going to earn more. And, right? not, and not give it up. He's not going to lose that playing time, right? So, all right. So I'm going to tell you what I think Elijah Molden and where I think he'll fit uh, in the Titans defense early on. We also have a good question for you that Zach came up with this morning. Of the Titans' last two draft classes, who will have the biggest impact this season? Who have the biggest impact this upcoming year of the Titans' last two draft classes? Because last year, the rookie class, never nobody played over 300 snaps. So you kind of, in a way, as weird as it played out, you kind of have two rookie draft classes in the same year because of the lack of impact they well, had yeah, last you only year. Had four, you really only have four guys from last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, Cole McDonald ain't here. Isaiah Wilson ain't here. Right. So you had Fulton, Evans, Murchison, and Chris Jackson, right? That's right. So that's that's really four. all you had. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I like this question a lot. So of the Titans' last two draft classes, who will have the biggest impact in 2021? Uh, get your answers in. But real quick, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, for one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. How is that even possible for 15 minutes to equal five or more hours? It's because of full-body electronic muscle stimulation, EMS. That is the thing of the future and of the now. Whatever uh, exercise and fitness goals that you want to achieve this year, Mandu can help you get to those and reach those goals. And it doesn't matter what type of shape you're in. It doesn't matter if you've got pre-existing injuries. It doesn't matter uh, if you're young, if you're old, that you can use Mandu. Mandu is for everybody. Maybe you've got a bad back like Caleb Farley from your old powerlifting days. Well, go in there and get the, the weightlifting experience without any pressure on your joints and do it in 15 minutes instead of five hours a week. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. We are brought to you by BetMGM, the title sponsor of this morning show. I had a great night last night, won a couple hundred dollars. Thank you to the over that hit between the Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, the Sacramento Kings, not the Queens last night as the Kings got to win. That won me some money. I'm all over the NBA. I've changed my my philosophy and theory of betting, uh, and that it has helped me. I've gotten back right. Bet MGM. Download the app today. It is a great time, a great experience. Use that promo code ATOZ Sports. It's Monday. You know what that means, Austin? What's that? Free bets, free money. It's we already in my account. It, it, it hit early this morning. It hit at like 7.30 for me. So that's great news. I got a free $10 bet uh, from BetMGM. Okay, so the question is, which of the last two Titans draft class, which guy will have the biggest impact in 2021? Uh, before I get to your comments, I think Elijah Molden fits into Amani Hooker's old role because Amani Hooker has now a starting role to replace Kenny Vaccaro as the starting strong safety next to Kevin Byard. So I think Elijah Molden 
is that slot safety because he has coverage skills. He has the ability to play in the run game. He has some physicality to him, even though he's undersized. But I, I think that's the ideal role that Elijah Molden fits into. Uh, so that, I wanted to get to that before we read your well, comment. So I'll, I'll go ahead. Well, I was going to say, look at what happens. Last year, Christian Fulton is hurt and Adore Jackson is hurt for most of the year, right? Those guys missed a ton of time. The year before that, Logan Ryan broke his leg in New York and you, he missed the end of the season and the playoff run. That's big, right? Like, uh, uh, you guys are going to go down. Guys are going to get hurt and right. you have to have that depth at corner for, you know, the ability for Molden to step up. Right. So I'll let you, I'll send you to the comment section, Zach, which in the last two Titans draft classes, which guy will have the biggest impact this upcoming season? All right. So let's go to who we're talking about now. Uh, 2020 is not the worst draft class uh, as far as numbers because you got to remember 2018. Really, Luke Falk was cut, so they were doing they were they were dealing with Rashawn Evans, Harold Landry, and Dane Cruikshank. That was the only guys that were giving them any sort of minutes. Right. We're talking this year. It's between all of the draft picks they just picked, and there's still you know question marks on on Rashad Weaver, who's mm -hmm. the fourth round pick because of some legal trouble you've got christian fulton darrington evans laurel Murchison, and chris jackson the question is as we go to the chat of the titans last two draft classes who will have the biggest impact this year in 2021 uh justin says overall the 2021 draft class uh has to be fulton from billy joe uh billy uh jones excuse me not Billy Joel. It's not Uptown Girl. Mm -hmm. Chris says Fulton, uh, hoping he has a breakout season. Uh, it better be Fitzpatrick from Ethan. Uh, 2019 draft clock, Big Jeff, A.J. Brown, both have future superstars in medicine. Not necessarily what we're talking about. Puka says Fulton, Fuller due to from not playing much at all to being a starter this year from uh, Destin. Who is, who is, who is Fuller? He must be talking about. I don't know. Is he it's Fulton? He's Fulton? talking about Fulton. Okay. It, it's. Uh, it, I think it's an <laughs> autocorrect. Fulton. I was like, is it? Do you have a Vincent Four throwback? <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, I haven't heard that name. Yeah, it, I definitely think I. I read it. Obviously incorrect because he hey, wrote it wrong. But Vincent, I, Vin I, read, I read it as Fulton. He, yeah, he corrected Fulton. Uh, Vincent Fuller. The last time the Titans drafted a DB out of Virginia Tech before Caleb Farley, by the way. Right. So a lot of a lot of Fulton uh answers coming in needs to step up from Chase. Where are you at, Austin? So I you know, I, I'm not gonna give what my answer was initially, but I did see something that I thought was really smart from Chad because Chad knows how much Zach likes the kicker position. And says the biggest impact on this upcoming season will be whoever ends up a kicker because you got Tucker McCann out of Missouri undrafted last year and the Ohio State kicker Blake Heibel. Uh, who went undrafted that the, the Titans just signed this year. So, Chad, it's a smart comment, but it's not exactly the question because we did say of uh, the last two draft classes, and those guys are undrafted, but you're you're not wrong. Somebody, uh, one of those two guys, most likely will win the Titans' kicking job, and that will be a massive impact. I think if you're the Tennessee Titans, it really needs to be Christian Fulton. But I also think that if you're the Tennessee Titans, You'd kind of like it to be Dylan Radins. <laughs> like the second round draft pick, 
uh, to be your starting right tackle for Derrick Henry to go for another 2,000-yard season in 17 games this year to help protect Ryan Tannehill to play over Kendall Lamb so you can have Kendall Lamb and Sam Brilo as your swing tackles? Wouldn't it be fantastic if Dylan Radins starts 12 games? Like If Dylan Radins starts 12 games at right tackle, that's probably more impact than anybody else because offensive linemen, not a rotational position. Like Farley, Molden, Fulton will all be a part of some type of corner rotation. Look, Rob says pipe dream. How is it a pipe dream, Rob? Like I'd like you to explain and expound more on why that would be a pipe dream. For the amount of time that you're saying Raidens could play, that is a pipe dream. Well, what just happened two years ago, Zach? The Titans drafted uh, at a, in a later round out of a small school, Charlotte, Nate Davis, who was a guard, and came in, and it, he was injured in, in training camp, but by week four, he was the full-time starter, and he started the rest of the year. Who started and, uh, that season at right guard? Um, I believe it was Jamil Douglas. Exactly. So but, that's the difference of what you are starting this year of who is in front of Dylan Radins. That's why it's a pipe dream. You answered your own question. Hey, Kendall Lamb, like, like Kendall Lamb is better than Jamil Douglas, but it's not like Kendall Lamb is like a lockdown right tackle. Well, they, like, have, I, they paid him millions of dollars. I, Zach, I think Dylan. Like, what did I say about Dylan Radins? If Dylan Radins can start twelve games as a rookie at right tackle, I'm talking about if if maybe That's, Kendall Lamb yeah. is starts the first month of the year as Radins is coming along and. Hope he stays healthy. I think Dylan Radins is a great pick out of this question. I just think there's no chance in hell that he starts 12 games. I think that is an absolute pipe dream. I would bet money. You want you want to bet on that? No, I'm not going to bet that okay, because injury can how happen. Confident can you are. I got to gauge it. You said it. Well, that's a stupid bet to make. Like if that, a guy, that's why I thought it was a stupid thing to say. It's not a stupid thing to say. It's a logical thing to say. I'm not going to put money on it because it's not in my control. Like that, that's like, and you don't, I, then you don't believe what you say that much. I, I guess. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So uh, oh, we mean and all right. Steph says no way in hell. Lamb's contract says he's going to start all season. No Kendall lamb is making like seven and a half million over two years. Like that's not a starting right tackle salary. If you draft a right tackle at 53 overall, you want that guy to play. So why couldn't he start 12 games? after missing after not starting the first four to get into a rhythm like they did with Nate Davis and Nate Davis missed training camp with an injury. So I'm even like couching that. I think Dylan Radins can have a big impact this year because he is probably the highest ceiling right tackle they have on the roster. I don't think that he can cannot just come in and play. Like I think he'll get playing time maybe eventually, but you said 12 games, and I think okay. that's ridiculous. Travis says, I didn't say he will start 12 games. I said it would be the most impactful if he does start 12 games because offensive linemen play 100% of the snaps when they start. Like rarely do they rotate O-linemen, right? And so that's what I'm saying is, uh, Darrington Evans is a is the like a King Henry is going to get all the touches and then Darrington Evans will be utilized in spells right the DBs are in rotational positions uh, if Rashad Weaver plays he is in a rotational position Dylan Radins is the one guy who has an opportunity to win a job that can start and play all the snaps therefore having a massive impact on the right side of the Titans' offensive line. And I just don't think that's going to happen. So what your final answer is? Dylan Radins. I think okay. Dylan Radins is going to play the most snaps and have the biggest impact 
on the Titans out of the last two rookie classes. I disagree adamantly with that Excellent. because of because of opportunity. I don't think he's going to opportunity. get opportunity. He has an opportunity to fight for the job. I, I, I don't think he I don't think he'll win it. And I don't think he'll have the opportunity after that. Because as you said, you once you play, once you start as offensive lineman, it's gonna take injury or extremely bad play to get pulled, to get yanked. It's not a, a, a substitute position per se. That's where I'm going to hedge my bet and answer with Darrington Evans. And here's my concept behind it. Okay. The Titans told us this offseason that they decided to not go all in on their wide receiver position and their weapons. They also told us they are not going all in on their tight end position and getting new athletic playmaking players. So when is Darrington Evans going to be on the field? That is probably third down based on what – I don't know. The the offense has been under. I think Darrington Evans, he has to stay healthy. There is a caveat to everything. But I think he can really impact to help Tannehill because he will have less weapons to throw to. Darrington Evans can be a threat in the passing game. We'll see how they use him in the run game. And you would have to think, and here's my also my other concept, they would like to not have to run Derrick Henry as much as they have over the last two years to continue to extend his career. Now, I think he's a freak of nature and more closer to Adrian Peterson, but as a franchise, having your best player on your team, you want him to play less and still have success. My answer is Darrington Evans. I, I, I think... It's based on opportunity. I think Derek Dan Evans will get more opportunity this year because of health and offense because they don't have the weapons like Corey Davis and John o. Smith. All right, so somebody – I saw this comment that I want to read because it's pretty funny. Uh, Marvin says, if a backup running back is the Titans' most impactful player from the last two drafts, they're in serious trouble. And well, that's the not point is, is that they have had bad drafts. Well – Last year was a bad draft. Um, right, but that's what we're comparing. That's why we threw it in there. If last year was a good draft, we would sure. not include them in this question. So don't play stupid. I I'm not playing stupid. I'm not playing stupid at all. And so I, I did see Steven well, you're say, showcasing a uh, You're showcasing I, a, a comment that, uh, uh, that has been explained on why we asked the question. That, Zach, because I was going to parlay that into, into what you're actually talking about and ask people this question is could the Titans use Darrington Evans to help fill some of the wide receiver void? I, I think that's a very interesting thing to bring up, and I, I like your comments, Zach. I, I don't disagree with it. I also saw somebody say, don't forget about Brian Hill. Had a had a great year last year. Okay, Steven, uh, the Titans signed Brian Hill from the Falcons with a monster year last year. Steven, Brian Hill had 465 yards and one touchdown. Monster year for Brian Hill. Uh, but no, so Steven will not be relying on Brian Hill, but Zach, I do like what you're bringing up here of Darrington Evans, uh, potentially being an impact in a passing game more than the running game. I still think this is the year that Derrick Henry's the bell cow, because I, I understand that you want to make sure you extend his career, but this is the last year of fully guaranteed money on Derrick Henry's big contract. They do have an out clause after this year. I think they're going to get the most impact they could possibly get out of Derrick Henry this season. No, that was last year. That, that what because they back up running back was hurt. 
but I, I think, but they've also lost what 40% or 50% of their passing game. So right, I, I think, but they're not going to get more impact of, from Derrick Henry than they did last season. I'm not, I'm not comparing it. You to just last said season. that. I, I did not. I said you I said, said that they would get the most impact this season. I said you they're did going just to say that. I'm saying they're going to try to get the most out of this season as they possibly can. Like that's the point. You that said I'm they making. will. You said no, I think Zach, they will. Stop, dude. You're misunderstanding the whole point of what I'm trying to say. I'm you were making Zach. You were making the case that they will lighten the load. For Derrick Henry, I am disagreeing with that. I think they're going to get as much as they possibly can out of Derrick Henry this season because this is the last year that they're paying him all the money. That's what I'm talking. Do you understand now? They still want to keep him. I, I get that, but they're still paying him a lot of a, a truckloads of cash this year, so they're going to get as much as they possibly can out of him. Sure, Darrington Evans will be used more this year than he was last year because he had a hamstring injury and only played like five games. But they're still going to ride Derrick Henry because the offense is younger at other skill positions and they need to rely on Henry and A.J. Brown to carry them until the younger pieces can catch up and grow up. And so that's why they're going to rely on Henry this year as much as they did last year. They need to. It's funny. They they made life easier for Shane Bowen, right? But they made it more difficult to the guy replacing Arthur Smith. Well, yeah, but the, the guy replacing Arthur Smith has an easier job than the guy that Shane Bowen's doing now. Because the I, I defense, disagree. The defense sucked last year. The offense So has, they don't have to get that much better. Right, but the offense has the core pieces there. They they told us that Corey Davis and Jonu Smith's production is replaceable. They've told us that by how they've approached this offseason. They think Josh Reynolds and Des Fitzpatrick and Anthony Ferkshire and Jeff Swain can replace that production in some way that doesn't drop off the offense's total, uh, uh, I guess, total overall production as much. But they told us last year the defensive players were the issue. And well, they have to replace the players. Best of luck to Todd Downing because he has – you talk about main trying to maintain the offensive production from last year. That's more difficult than improving the bad defense, in my opinion. Right, but – Because the bad defense doesn't look anything like the bad defense. Well, yeah, sure. You can say that there's more room to improve on defense than there is offense, but taking over the offense that was top two in the league last year is, is not that big, bad of a job. But Austin, the outstanding offense doesn't look anything like the outstanding offense. But you that's, still that's, have – That Zach, is my point. Zach, last year they had their their left tackle number four uh, play out you know, because Isaiah Wilson was doing donuts and eating donuts, and the other guys got hurt. And so they were playing with David Questenberry at left tackle and Dennis Kelly at right tackle. Johnny Smith was banged up and they were still and Roger Saffold and Ben Jones were duct taped together in the month of Jan December and they were still able to be productive. Now those guys are going to be healthy. Sure. You've got less weapons of depth. Adam Humphreys wasn't an impact last year. And so, uh, now you you have to rely on your three core members of skill players, Tannehill, Henry, and A.J. Brown, with the offensive line that is back together. Taking over that job isn't easier than taking over the job that the sucky defense. Sure, there's more room to improve with the sucky defense, but you have to. It's a harder fixed job. Are you trying to maintain top ten offense, or are you trying to go from twenty eighth to fifteenth in defense? Both. What's easier? Both. What's easier? Well. well if you maintain top 10 offense, then I think they're fine with that. But they what drop is easier? 
probably maintain the top 10 offense because you're going from the very bottom of the average of defense? I disagree. I think it is easier to go from 28 to 15 on defense. We talked about that, man. That's the whole premise of what the Titans have been. It's a lot easier. You have literally said this so many times. It's a lot easier to go from 3-13 and to 8-8 and than to go from 8-8 and to 10 and and, and That's fine, but but Zach, I don't – I'm not disagreeing that it's not that hard to go from sucky defense to It's average. easier to go from sucky defense to mid-grade defense than maintaining top 10 performance. No, you can, Zach, because last year, like maintaining top 10 is a, a significant drop-off. They were second last year. Second. Behind the Packers. And they won't they do second. that again. Right. They will not be and that this year. And you gave them top 10. So I'm saying if they can be a top 10 offense, then that's dropping off but still damn good. And I think that's fine. But if they if they upgrade the defense, like you're saying, then great. If they can uh, have a, an 8-10 to 10 offense and a 15 or 16th rate defense, this team won the division again. I think the two things that I would be worried about going into this season for the offense of the Tennessee Titans, I think Derrick Henry will be quality, but he I don't think he will be as good as he was last year. And look, he's he set a high bar, right? So that like he could be a little worse and still be really good. Yeah, he had the fifth best season of any running back in NFL history. And I think that the the book is out on AJ Brown. Now I think AJ Brown is unbelievable to possibly get over that. But you think the now book people is still are out? going the, the book is out of hey, oh, the, AJ Brown the cat's, is here. The cat's out of the bag. Co- co- cover this man. Okay. Put so. two guys on him. Make sure that the safety's paid attention to number eleven. The linebacker better hit his ass over the middle so he doesn't get away and run for 60 yards. Right. Because they don't have the luxury of the distraction, the distractive production of Corey Davis and what was John o. Smith at the beginning of last year. I think it is going to make defenses approach defending the Titans' offense much different and I think a little bit easier. And then you always have the caveat – because now we can look back at last year and be like, A.J. Brown played through injury, but he really didn't miss a massive chunk of time. Derrick Henry did not miss any time. Tannehill did not miss any time. You're going into the future unknowing. There's an opportunity and possibility that injury comes into play that really derails things. Of course. And and they've, they got that injury bug a lot last year. Remember, A.J. Brown missed to the second two games of the season, Lawan went down after or in week five for the year. I would say the His most impressive thing down. that they did last year, Austin, was able to you talk about duct tape, duct tape together their left tackle position. Yes, like, that was very impressive. Taylor Lawan, great value when healthy and not on PEDs or anything, he's good. We saw that. We know that. Besides his suspension and besides his ACL tear, which the ACL he can't do anything about, Taylor Juan is a Pro Bowl player. He's proved that. He's proved a lot of people wrong, including me on that. Can he come back and be that same guy so that this offensive line is just as He absolutely can come back from an ACL. It's not that big of a deal. He tore it early enough where it's not going to impact this upcoming season. Like that, that was the the blessing in disguise of Lawan tearing his ACL was that it happened in week five and not in week ten. Because if it happened in week ten, now you're maybe not sure when he's going to be full go for the all for the following season. But it only impacted one year. 
Lawan's going to be fine with the ACL. Saffold is a, is a beast. Ben Jones is one of the smartest guys they have on the team. Nate Davis is a, I think, has Pro Bowl future ahead of him, possibly, if he gets the notoriety. And he's then probably Dylan, the most underrated guy on the offense. No doubt, because he's the right guard that nobody talks about, and he went to Charlotte, right? So, I mean, I think, yes. Questenberry did a good job. Sam Brilo did a good job when they filled in. But the offensive line's there. That's why I think, I don't know how he even got to this conversation, but I, I do think Todd Downing has the, he has all the, the core in place with a strong O-line, the quarterback, the best running back in the world, and then a top 10 wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Those pieces together, oh. you can fill in the slots. So A.J. did move up to your top 10. I've been saying that all offseason. I guess you just haven't picked up on it. Well, yeah, at one point we did a full show and he was not in your top Yes, 10. at one point, mid-year, right? And then guess what? He had a badass year on two bad knees. Well, that, that you were incorrect on that because he was still a top 10 receiver at that point too. Moving forward, he is a top 10 wide receiver. I've been saying that for the last three months. Yeah, but you weren't saying that the entire time. I was saying that for the last three months. Like, what do you want me to do? Go back and, like, jump the gun on something? Jump the gun? Yeah, no, you should just to... realize that he was a top 10 when you said he wasn't. I said I needed to see more. I, I had him at, like, 12. <laughs> I well, had him top 12. 10. That's fine. Okay, so let's get back to our initial second topic because we got off on a tangent there. That I thought was a good conversation. Uh, which of these six NFL rookies will help their team the most this season? But first, Zach, tell us about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your brand new ride or use. You can trade yours in as well. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Quick trip down I-40 exit 236. Payne Bone and his team will hook you up, whether it is the, the Sonata. I saw a really nice, it was white with like a black top, new Sonata rolling down the road the other day. I was like, damn. It's a good-looking Hyundai Sonata. They probably got that from Wilson County Hyundai. Also, I've seen a couple of Palisades around town. They're starting to creep more into Middle Tennessee. You can get your Palisade, which is their full-size SUV, for a great price. Again, Payne Bone and his team will help you out. That is WilsonCountyHyundai.com. A to Z Sports. We are powered by BetMGM every morning. BetMGM. Download the app. How about this today? Here's some free money for you guys today. If you download the app, use this code, ATOZ100. That's ATOZ100. You place a $1 Moneyline bet on the Grizz or the Pelicans tonight, and if either team hits one three-point shot, you win $100. So that's ATOZ100 to place a $1 Moneyline bet on either the Grizz or the Pelicans. If a three-pointer is made in that game, you win 100 bucks. Check that out. Easy enough. That's a great, fantastic deal for you to take advantage of today. So jump on that today. If you haven't downloaded the app, use code ATOZ100. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. must be present in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Here live on this Monday show, we've got six rookies who will have the biggest impact of their team on their team in their rookie season out of these six guys this is back at that Matt Bowen article we referenced earlier in the show in our first topic, but the options are Trey Lance third pick out of North Dakota state to San Francisco, Jamar chase fifth to the Bengals. By the way, Matt Bowen said these guys landed with their perfect team. That's why we're talking about these six landed with the perfect team. Trey Lance to the Niners, Jamar chase, to the Bengals, uh, Greg Newsom, the corner out of Northwestern to Cleveland, 
Then Christian Barmore, D-tackle from Alabama to the Patriots. Then Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver to the Panthers, and Amari Rogers, wide receiver to the Packers. Which of these six guys will have the biggest impact next year? So the six are Amari Rogers, Packers, Terrace Marshall to the Panthers, Barmore to the Patriots, Newsom to the Browns, Jamar Chase to the Bengals, or Trey Lance to the Niners? I think it's a pretty interesting question of the guys that you've given. We've got a couple of chases coming in from Chad and Scott. Uh, Amari Rogers from Chris. Then Jamar Chase from Jason Lloyd. Chase from G-Man. Aaron says Chase. But I'm actually going to agree with Louie. And it's, it's more of a gut feeling. And that is Terrence Marshall Jr. And I'll, I'll I'll tell you why. Hey, look, I, I'm not uh, – I, you know, I pick and choose my battles. This is not a battle that I'm willing to just, like, stake up and be like, I am going to be right on this. But I do think that Sam Darnold in a much better spot and position and team with a young rookie quarterback that can come – or a young rookie wide receiver, excuse me, that could come in and help a guy like that out. Sam Darnold has proven that he can throw the football in this league. He just needs to be protected, and he needs good offensive help around him, coaching included. So I, I, I well, think you, I think my answer is Terrence Marshall Jr. Well, you left out the biggest the biggest pro for why you should answer Marshall Jr. in this question is that, I, and I think this is what you're going to say is more. No. Yes. <laughs> the LSU connection. Bingo. Joe Brady, his former college coordinator at LSU, is the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach in Carolina. Joe Brady knows what Marshall's skill set is. He would be the third wide receiver on this roster behind DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, which means Terrace Marshall Jr. is going to get a lot of favorable matchups. Like You've got to make Robbie Anderson speedy, right? DJ Moore is really good, but he was catching passes from Teddy Bridgewater uh, last year, and Teddy Bridgewater is just very limited. But Terrace Marshall Jr. is going to be able to get one-on-one matchups, and he's a big-body guy who can go up and get the football. He's got long speed. He's got run-after catchability. I think Terrace Marshall Jr. is a really good guess or answer to this question. Obviously, Jamar Chase is the easiest thing to say because – LSU connection two with Burrow Chase, and he's a top five pick, the number one wide receiver off the board. That's kind of the obvious. I think people are staying away from Trey Lance because we expect Garoppolo to start uh, early and probably for the majority of the year. I think Amari Rogers is a very uh, here, here, quick quickly on that San Francisco. How long of a leash will Garoppolo have? Well. Not too long. Well, I don't know. I, I don't. He doesn't make mistakes though. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, when he plays, plays very efficiently. But outcome, right? If they start, let's say two and three. But the reason why the Niners are trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo's replacement is because Garoppolo keeps getting hurt and misses the chunks of the season. Remember that they, they drafted Bosa because Garoppolo tore his ACL in week two, and then then they came back and went to the damn Super Bowl the following year. But, you know, the reason why they were picking 12 is because everybody got hurt on the Niners. Not just Garoppolo, everybody. And so, if Garoppolo goes down, then now you've got Trey Lance, who is way better than Nick Mullins, and your boy Bethard out of BGA. 
So it's, so it's, no, it's more about uh, protection of, of health instead of protection of bad it's play. It's really expensive insurance, but the insurance is really expensive because you keep needing the insurance. <laughs> well, and they, the, the, the writing is on the wall that they're not going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for the future. He's not going to get another he's, contract. He's not worth the money he's being paid right now because he's not that spectacular of a quarterback and he can't stay healthy. He's a good quarterback, but not worth the $27 million bucks he's getting every year. Every year. All right, so Amari Rodgers, I think, is a similar uh, idea of Terrace Marshall and Carolina, but we have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. That's why I know? stayed away. And so you can't really – but I do, I do like the fit because – Slot guy, he reminds me of Randall Cobb. And you think Randall Cobb, Knoxville native, Amari Rogers, Knoxville native, running back bodies to be able to go up in Green Bay and potentially own the slot for Aaron Rodgers. That makes a lot of sense, but Aaron Rodgers is a massive wild card in the conversation. So, Zach, out of the six, I can't disagree with the Terrace Marshall Jr. Great minds think alike. I guess so. And in so. this instance, which is rare, we agree. We do agree. Uh, but I, I, everything that you said about the Brady connection and the distraction of Robbie Anderson and and more that that was my answer as well. So I, I, I think I, I do believe in this answer. Jamar Chase is more obvious because of what the Bengals I think are trending to be. But there's also a caveat of you know. Burrow has to be protected from, you know, for that that knee that was torn up. Yeah, and that wasn't yeah. just an ACL. It was a lot of other things too. Yes, he got the whole package basically uh, for that knee injury, which is pretty gruesome. There, uh, Lane says unpopular opinion. I'm higher on T. Higgins than Jamar Chase, regardless of the LSU connection. Like Lane, like I, you know, T. Higgins is is good, but Jamar Chase is just different. Like Jamar Chase can literally do anything. Game changer. T. Higgins is is a more limited wide receiver, but he's really, really good at what he does, right? Like he's big, goes up against the football, but he doesn't create a bunch of separation. And so he can't run the full route tree. But if you it doesn't matter if you know how to use him, like DK Metcalf. Like you're not gonna run, you're not gonna run like like more like complex three break routes with DK Metcalf. You're just going to let DK Metcalf do DK Metcalf things, which is run really fast. All right, so I, I don't usually read paragraphs, but let's read Dur- uh, Daryl's. Daryl Din. All right, I'm going to read this to you, and I want you to react to it, Austin. The biggest mistake over the last three years for the Tennessee Titans was letting Logan Ryan go uh, and signing Jadeveon Clowney. Ryan was so much a good player and leader for the defensive backs. The Titans got worse last year in the defensive backfield and they will be the same this year. Bayard got that big money and didn't show up last year. They have no help in the draft at wide receiver with the offensive line is now worse than it's been in years. Also drafted the North Dakota State tackle in Raidens that, uh, and hope that he's just as good against uh, a huge upgrade to his game in the NFL, but he sees no improvement. Okay. Leave there was the a com- lot there. Just leave the comment up there so we can all kind of work through this. Okay. So the biggest biggest mistake was letting Logan Ryan go to sign Clowney. Logan Ryan played safety with the New York Giants. Logan Ryan did not play corner for the Giants. He would he have been team. better than Kenny Vaccaro? 
in hindsight, you can say that, but Logan Ryan had never played the safety position. Like, well, this is a hindsight. I know that, uh, but, comment. but like, come on, like Daryl, like you're saying like the Titans, like Logan Ryan was getting burned and picked on late in his Titans career because he was a slower corner. The Titans said they had to get faster at corner and more vertical. And so lo we all knew that Logan Ryan would eventually move to safety in his career but the Titans were not going to pay him what Logan Ryan wanted, which is around $10 million a year to play a position he never paid, played before. Now, he went and played cheap for the Giants and earned a safety contract with the Giants, but that's a bad contract. But it doesn't mean that he would have played cheap for the Titans. Right, right. Yes, he was a great player and a great leader of the DBs. That's fine. Uh, Byard got paid that big money and didn't show up last year. Kevin Byard got paid big money two years ago and showed up and played really, really well the same year that he got paid. So saying correlating Kevin Byard having a down year with his contract is ignorance because that's not true. That is not how that worked. Kevin Byard played great right after he got the deal. He had a bad year last year because everything around him was very different. They talked about the lack of communication. There were new players around him and things did not go smoothly. The D coordinator changed. Kevin Byard absolutely has to be better this year, but that's not factual, factually correct. No help in the draft at wide receiver and the O-line is worse than it's been in years. Um, they did not get as much help at wide receiver as they should have in the draft. That is correct. Year. That is fine. Uh, the O-line worse than it's been in years. Man, Nate Davis is a stud. Like, if you're not paying attention to what Nate Davis is doing at right guard, then start because he's really good. The left side went healthy, Lawan and Saffold, football porn in the run game. Ben Jones is aging, gets but banged adequate. up. Aging but adequate. And, he, and, he's so, and they love his intelligence of making everything else easier around him. I, I Dylan Radins is a reach of a draft pick, but I understand why. And the questions about him playing at a high level – are warranted, but the 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 fact that you see no improvement, Daryl, you're did you miss free agency? Did you miss Bud Dupree signing? Did you miss Danico Autry? Did you miss Janoris Jenkins, who I think is an upgrade over Butler at this point in both of their careers because Jenkins is younger than Butler? I mean, I, did you miss what's been happening? Because I think the Titans have absolutely improved because they've swapped seven of eleven defensive starters. So some questionable things within that comment. Some bad things and some things that are correct. Uh, but, you know, I, sometimes I like to give, you know, a, a viewer credit for actually putting up a paragraph. Not every time, but I did see that. Zero relevancy to the show topic, but that's okay. Huh? Very little relevancy to the show topic, but that's Well, okay. not necessarily. I mean, we're talk talking about this. Actually, I disagree 100% about that, Austin. It had everything to do with the show topic in general. Our lead story was about the backfield or the excuse me the the back half of the secondary so made sense there we talked about wide receivers and lack of uh of draft picks there and the impact uh we talked about the offensive line so uh daryl actually was listening and pay attention good job daryl that paragraph even though not all correct did have relevancy to today's show all right, so quick, you were wrong there. Derrickler also points out where I was wrong. He says Jenkins is not younger than Butler. As soon as I said that Jenkins was younger than Butler, I questioned myself. And so thank you, Derrickler, for correcting me on that. But yes. Yeah, I, I didn't even uh, hear you say that, to be honest. Would you just zone out? No, I just, I, that, that did not resonate <laughs> when you were talking. 
Uh, G-Man says younger does not always mean better. Experience helps. Yeah, but younger does mean cheaper. And cheaper was very important. And then now Brent is fact-checking me with, Austin, you were wrong. You are wrong. Butler's 31. Jenkins is 32. Yes. Uh, Jackrabbit. Janitor. Jackrabbit. Janitor. The janitor typo was just too perfect to ignore. I wish Jackrabbits had a noise. You know, like... They probably do. They probably sound like, like other rabbits. What do they rabbits. sound like? Um, what rabbits? <laughs> no. Doesn't your doesn't your buddy Tux uh, always try to go after rabbit? You should know what rabbits sound like. Yeah, but you can never catch it. So I, you know, I, he's all. We're always behind the rabbit. The rabbit's always in front of us. Yeah, and Jalen Jalen brings us up. He goes, "The offensive line is worse than two thousand yard rusher last year." Like, what are you talking about? With three different guys at left tackle. So, look, that's a very interesting, uh, deep comment uh, there that we went through. But, you know, that is the shit. That, that's what yeah, the show's I know. For. I want, but I want that noise to whenever we bring up Jackrabbit for me to be able to, you know, bring a noise to the the, the table. And it's just, it's not the maintenance man. Well, they, yeah. call, they call him the maintenance man. The Clean up on aisle INT. Oh, baby. That's aisle it. INT. That's not yeah. an aisle. It, it, it is when it's you're his, playing It's got to be his jersey number, man. Isle, whatever is whatever he's rocking with it. I don't know what jersey number he's wearing with the Titans right now. So A to Z Sports, let's get back on track here. Because, Zach, you have what you think is the safest bet anybody could make for the NFL season, right? Like that that's your sales job on this? The safest I, right, bet, now, right now. Right now. Right now, it's the safest bet you can place today on the NFL. That's I think so. Okay, all right, let's get to that. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Make sure when you have that injury happen in life, you know who to turn to and who to trust. That's all of the doctors, all the great physicians and rehab specialists and everybody who works at the Bone & Joint Institute at boneandjointtn.org. All right, you can make this bet on BetMGM that we're about to talk about, about Literally, they got promos. What you could do, Austin, I'll actually tell you what you should do. Yeah. You should take the $1 risk-free bet and bet it on Pelicans Grizzlies, right? So you sign up, use promo code A to Z Sports. $1 risk. ATOZ 100. ATOZ 100 for a $1 money line bet on the Grizz of the Pelicans. If they hit a three, you win $100. So then after you get that $100, what I would do is I would put $100 on Trevor Lawrence to be the rookie of the year. That's plus 225. So you would win what? Three or, or 275, excuse me. 275, yes, because it's a free bet. So you would win 275? Yes. Money in your bank. If you can do that, you've turned $1, I believe, into $275. I think this is the bet that you need to go. These are the odds for the rookie of the year. In my opinion, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, today the easiest bet to make to win money on futures because the season hasn't started Mm -hmm. is Trevor Lawrence to win rookie of the year. Notoriously, it goes to quarterbacks. Even though the quarterbacks don't necessarily have the best seasons, we talked about – excuse me. I hate when that happens. You got like a dry spot in your throat and you can't overcome it. That's Yeah, I I couldn't overcome it. I still haven't overcome it. 
<laughs> talk to uh, <laughs> you. M- quarterbacks win the rookie of the year. Kyler Murray won the cook- rookie of the year two years ago when yeah. maybe he probably didn't deserve it. Justin Jefferson had an outstanding year last year. He didn't win it. Quarterbacks, that's easy money. What do you think? Uh, you know, is that the easiest, is that the safest bet to make? You know, yes. I, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to, I, I have something in mind, but I got to go find the odds to figure out what, what it would be. Cause it's probably minus money, not plus money. Like, like this is as a plus money bet. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Trevor Lawrence plus two seventy five. Whatever the bills are to win the AFC East, I think that's probably the safest bet you can make. I just cannot find the odds right now. Uh, maybe I just need to search it real quick. What are you looking for? The bills odds to win the AFC East. That cannot be plus money. I didn't say it was plus money. I said Trevor Lawrence at plus money is probably the safest money, the safest bet you can make. So I uh, I do know this: the Cowboys were minus one hundred to win the NFC East. The Bills, that kind of gives you a reference. The Bills have to be minus three something. Bills to win the AFC East are minus one fifty five. Ooh, so it was a lot. It was close. That's a pretty good value. Close. So the Bills minus one fifty five. While you're not getting plus money, I think that is extremely safe. The Dolphins improve, and the Patriots are wild card. But I, I still I, think I don't the Bills, like this bet. I stay away from that but, bet. The Bills, I think, are are the class of the AFC East. And you don't know what's going to happen. Like, Trevor Lawrence could get hurt because last year, Joe Burrow would have been the safest bet to win Rookie of the Year, right? What happened there? Um, Not as much. And I'll tell you, that's the difference. Here's the apples and oranges to Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow was coming off an outstanding season, the best season of any – maybe Mac Jones beat him last year, but – an outstanding college football season that ended in a national championship. That was one year, though. And Trevor Lawrence has done this over multiple years. That's why it's a safer bet. But injury is what scares yeah, me. But that, that, that is with any future bet. Look, I, I, I think you can just you could say that about any future bet. Look, so if you've if you've got a free bet at BetMGM, and I think that's a great thing to do is to put that on. Trevor Lawrence plus 275 just because it's a good bet, right? Like he's he is a large favorite for a reason, right? I, I think something that's really interesting, Zach, is Kyle Pitts at plus 1,000. I think if Kyle Pitts, especially with Julio Jones kind of already being – Huh? He's not a QB. Right, but – like Zach Wilson with the Jets. I, but I think Kyle, it's plus 1,000, right? So I'm not saying put a bunch on it. But I think if you have Kyle Pitts at plus 1,000, that's worth a little bit of money for the payout that it could be at plus 1,000. But like, he's going to have to get more than 1,400 yards receiving and more than seven touchdowns. Based on who? Justin Jefferson. Yeah, 1,400 but just, but no, yards but Justin and Herbert, seven touchdowns but Zach, did not Justin win the Herbert rookie had the best. Justin Herbert had the best rookie year statistically of any rookie quarterback. 
this past year in throwing in yards. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, you just uh, no, that's different, right? Best in best most touchdowns. Okay. Best well, TD. No, no rookie quarterback has yards, right? But Justin Jefferson had that to go up against. So if you're going Kyle Pitts, which is plus one thousand, it's long odds. Like, sure, the safer bet is the favorite, obviously. But I do think throwing a little bit of money on Kyle Pitts plus one thousand would be interesting. I mean, Justin Jefferson had the second most receiving yards by a rookie behind Bill Groman. This is a good trivia question for tomorrow. 1960, who had 1,473 yards instead of what Justin Jefferson ended up with, which is kind of crazy, exactly 1,400 yards. 1,400, 1400 yards in 1960 <laughs> receiving is like 3,000. <laughs> that Yeah, the inflation on that. Oh, my God. But the players were different, but... Yeah, Chad says a hundred dollar bet wins two seventy five. Is that how that works? Yes. And whenever you see odds, you know, listed like this, it's always based on a one hundred dollar bet because that's the easiest math all of us degenerates can do is one hundred dollars to win whatever that number is, um, not including the money you put up that you get back for winning the bet. So I also like the Justin Fields. I think that's pretty good money. You say I would rather bet Justin Fields than Kyle Pitts, because. Uh, but the question is a little bit of opportunity. Is Matt Nagy going to come out of the gate with Justin Fields? But the Bears have a better opportunity to win football games. Uh, you do need to be on a winning team. That does help. Like yeah. the Chargers were. I mean, they surprised a lot of people. They weren't a winning team, but they were very competitive and more fun to watch. Right, and so like. What that always helps your your award chances. Yeah, like what are the Jags? Like what's you know? In order for Trevor Lawrence to win the Rookie of the Year, the Jags can't be three and fourteen, right? They have to win some games, right? They've got to win six or seven games for him to really be considered as a Rookie of the Year, right? I think you know, he can do that because the Bears. I think Justin Fields, an upgrade at quarterback from a playoff team, the Bears could be what nine and eight. And I think Justin Fields is worth a rookie. If he carries them to another playoff berth, then that's your rookie of the year right there. So I, I actually, agree. So those, actually, those, like those two bets I like right now. Right. I just think uh, sprinkle a little bit on Kyle Pitts plus 1,000 because in that offense, I could see Kyle Pitts exploding. Exploding. I would put uh, 100 on Trevor and 50 on Fields. To kind of hedge a little bit, you're going to get good value because what plus five hundred, you could either win two fifty, yeah, right, and you're only you you you're only out one fifty, so right? You're, yeah, right. That's a and, smart then, and then you can and then you can put like ten bucks on uh, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts ain't winning it. Don't put any money on Kyle Pitts. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> All right, A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. You ready for bad sales job? I am ready for bad sales job. All right, let's do a bad sales job here on the show. But first, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle is where you need to go to get your hardwood floors. They're trusted right here in, here in Middle Tennessee. 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414 or online at calvinandsubtle.com. Once you pick out your perfect hardwood floors, one to two weeks, they order the material and install. And you know what the best part is? They service Middle Tennessee, whether it's Clarksville, 
Nashville, Spring Hill, they've got you covered. Nolansville, Lebanon, they will make sure that they come out and upgrade your home. Rip up that old carpet and call 615-448-6414. They'll rip it up for you, actually. You don't even have to do it. Then they'll put in brand-new hardwood floors and make your house feel more like a home. That's CalvinAndSuttle.com. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to upgrade uh, your equity right there. Renters Warehouse. Uh, check them out there to find out how much your home can rent for. Go to RentersWarehouse.com. If you have a graduate, graduating from high school or college, they need somewhere to live, go to RentersWarehouse.com uh, right there. So here, bad sales job to wrap up this Monday show. Zach, I go first here, and I will give you my bad sales job uh, to start the Segment. You ready? Yeah. My bad sales job, Zach, is you have to sell us on why all wedding receptions should only have cash bars, not open bars, cash bars at wedding receptions. Why all wedding receptions have to be cash bars. I will get the clock ready. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready when you are. Starts with you. It doesn't start with me. It starts with variety. We're about options and choice. When I go to a reception, I want to be able to buy the type of liquor that I want to buy. I don't want the, the, the bride and groom to pick it for me. Half the time, that wine is cheap. I will pay good money to have Kettle One liquor. Sometimes you don't even get that opportunity because it's only wine and beer. That's why I would actually prefer cash bars so I would pay the money so the, the, the bride and groom don't have to. It's about them. It's about celebrating the love and the life that they're about to no, live. Stop, stop, stop. I'll, I'll let you go two seconds late because I've kind of got sidetracked by your approach on this. That is like Just because it's a cash bar doesn't mean they're going to have everything available to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? But that's still up to them. No, it's a cash bar. That's the best part. That's the whole business of the sales for. job. That's the to- best part. Ding, ding, ding. The bar has what bars have. That's why they still, have, it's not, but it's not at a bar. Like weddings are usually at some other venue place. These particular cash bars. You didn't specify that. That's the best part. No, that they have a cash you didn't bar. Specify yeah. that. That's on what you. Are you talking pal? About? At the wedding reception, it's cash bar. It's not open bar. It's cash bar at the reception. That's what I said. Yeah. But cash bar, if it's all cash bar, you're more likely to have a lot more options. No, not that's the print. No, that's the premise. <laughs> Because you're going to make more money. The people selling the liquor will provide better brands because they'll make money off of it. The reason why they don't give you a bunch of options is because the bride and groom choose it. Well, you're wrong it, here, pal. Okay, I'm not That's wrong. Great. I'm not wrong. You're just, a, you jump to conclusion. Nate has a good question. Did Zach drink all your liquor at your wedding, Austin? Uh, we drank all the liquor at my wedding. We went, all the vodka went up like that because it was in July. Uh, but no, we had open bar, just like the the wedding I went to last week. Um, so cat, you know, you did okay. I guess you did an okay job, but you just made it sound like cash bar has everything available when that's not the case. Yeah, it would definitely have more options. 
Tiny Slice says, I agree. I, I don't agree with the argument, but I can see how Zach went down that path. There's value there. Jason says, Zach doesn't know how to lose. Did you take your ball and go home as a kid, Zach? Uh, no, I play by the rules. Okay. So, did you, right? I, I would ask Jason. Jason, did you? Did you play by the rules or did you cheat them? Rob says, I was like at a cash bar last weekend. There were only a few drinks to choose from. You just have to pay for them. Okay, so what is mine? Yours. Oh, wait, hold, hold, hold. Josh Kirk, Josh Kirk, real quick. The most qualified person to talk about this in, the, in watching the show. I have filmed 300 weddings. Cash bars do not have more selections. Still like five options. <laughs> These, but they have more options. They five tend to have more options. More than that, is that is correct. If you've ever been to a cash bar, they tend to have more options. Regular, sometimes they only have two beers. Usually cash bars have a lot more than two beers. That is true. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. two beers is no. Oh, is, I, you've been, I've been to plenty of weddings with just two beers, two beers. No, yeah, usually beer and like a regular beer, the, the groom's favorite beer. Okay. All right. All right. What'd you got for me? Austin, you have to tell us why today, May 10th, is going to be the last time you bathe, shower, or clean your body in any form for the rest of your life. I'm ready when you are. This is all about freeing your body of the chemicals you've been using your entire life. Look, I work from home. I don't have to smell good, but I can be natural. I can be holistic and I will live a great life because I'm not going to continuously put chemicals into my skin, into my body to throw myself off. I will have a much happier life, chemical free, smelling like myself and all my dogs going to deal with it. And they like the smell anyway. My wife, she can Stop. do the same thing. Stop. You going to stink. But that's fine. Of course I'm going to stink. You told me I was going to stink. Like that's like, no, I didn't tell you you're going to stink. You said I can't bathe. Like that's what happens yeah. to human stink. I, you told I, me I you're like, again, like you come up with ridiculous scenarios to, that for you force ridiculous scenarios on me and then you make fun of me for the ridiculous scenarios that you put me in like well, I, no, you, I just i i stated that you were gonna stink you, like well, th that is I'm a part stink. of it right it's the same thing that what you just did I, I don't know man you always you always like make fun of me for the ridiculous things you put me in and like, well, you like done I the same thing to me right i i know i, no, just I, think I that actually that was i not, actually Zach, I, I critiqued your sales job. You just said, I'm going to stink. You said nothing about my sales job, about my ability to sell a bad situation. Right. But the bad situation, you didn't, you didn't sell me on the worst part about that scenario. You did not amend. Which Do you see what, what I'm saying? Yeah. You told me I couldn't use anything. You told me I couldn't bathe. Yeah. So what do you want me to do? Like, how can I amend that? I said that I'm going to have a healthier that's the, life. That's the, kind of the premise of the sales job. You told me I couldn't bathe. Like, it's automatic that I'm going to stink. If I can't bathe, I'm going to smell bad. Like that's how humans work. Well, there and are, so, but you could have gone the route of 
holistic. You talk, we're talking about holistic, but you didn't talk about the, the stinkiness of those. Because why would or I sell? Thorough. Why would I do a sales job on how bad I'm going to smell? Like, that's what, the, what, are you ta- what are you talking about? Well, you're trying to why, amend why that. would in that in my sales job of why I'm going to stop bathing? Why would I bring up how bad I'm going to smell? That's a bad, that's not doing the job correctly. <laughs> I didn't bring that up because that's stupid to bring up in a sales job. Right? You so you just you just said that you're not going to put in chemicals that don't really affect your body anyway? You don't know that. I mean, in the history of time, they don't affect your body. People have been using soap for a hundred years. You're wrong. That's that's my that's my point. Is you didn't you didn't sell anything that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, Bobby says, I'm going to smell bad seems like a bad approach. No, but what you said didn't doesn't do anything. You just told us something that was not true. You lied. Okay. You lied. Like uh, you, you, you said you called me out about you not having selection at weddings. You completely and utterly just, lied no, on your you, sales job. No, you just I didn't lie. You just you assumed that every liquor in every mixed drink would be available because it's a cash bar. You said like not have putting chem- or putting chemicals in your body uh, affects you. It doesn't. It does. Putting chemicals in, in your the, body affects you. In to the history degree. of humans, soap does not. To some degree, putting chemicals in your body affects you. Yes, that is fact. Yes, it affects you in some type of way. Not extreme, but it does affect you. Okay. So uh, I going disagree on natural. And I also, I work from home, so I'm not interacting with other humans so I can be more selfish because my dogs and my wife just have to deal with it. And in this scenario, she would probably have to follow suit. All right. So let's take it to the vote. Who wins this week from the chat? I agree with Sean. This segment is becoming a problem. Who wins? Because I've seen people say Zach wins. I've seen people say me win. Alex says he's allergic well, to a lot. You did the same thing to me as I did to you. If we want to eliminate I this. I critiqued your first, sale. I critiqued you did, your approach. You, but BS, Austin. The first thing you said was critiquing my sale. You just lied to my That's face. I, said. I, I just said that I critiqued your sale. You did not. You just said, I'm going to stink, which is obvious because you told me I can't bathe anymore. You did critique my sale. I, asked, I know that. That's what I'm saying. I, I said that I critiqued your sale. You just critiqued that I'm going to smell bad. Because you told me I can't bathe anymore. Okay. Well, the chat, it, apparently we're tied because the oh, bull, the, the bull, chat says bull. you won. We're not. What? We're not. Show, what are you, okay. Stop okay. getting. What are you? We may you, need you to. We may need backwards. to change this segment you because you just went off the deep end. No, because you were. Because you should have said Austin won. You said it's a tie. You said we're tied. We are tied. Okay. But you should say Austin won. Now, because. I can speak how I'd like to speak. I won. I won this week. The chat says that I won this week. All right. Well, we may have to be creative. I, I this this has taken a wrong turn. Down, Brad says, uh, "Do not eliminate bad sales job." We have a lot of people saying we're going to have to think about this. So, uh, well, it's we'll gotten too intense. Week. It's gotten so because things we're, are so we're, ridiculous. We're two, we're two competitive people, right? This is oh, it took what uh, eighteen uh, different bad sales to get to this point. I think we're or, I think or nineteen. I, what are I we? I think we're nine, nine, and one. Right. Yeah. So 
I don't know, we can't end. We have to do at least one more week <laughs> because we can't end in a tie. <laughs> that would actually be the way to end. Is no, so we no, move we forward. can't do that. We can't do that. All right, so I won that one. So we're nine, nine, and one, and that is how we will uh, wrap up this bad sales job in this Monday uh, Monday show. So thanks for everybody for watching. Buck Rising coming up on the zone. Buck will also have A to Z Sports Prime Time. Preds tonight against Carolina. Is it Pekka Day? Maybe. Uh, but we'll be back here tomorrow morning to react to whatever happens in sports over the next 24 hours or so. So we'll see you guys later on. Have a good Monday. Adios.